1: This is The Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. We can the world. We can the world. Now, here's Sue Freeze.
2: So I thank you, all of you, for uh, tuning in and listening to the show. And I'm very thankful to be on the show and to have the opportunity to to share things that I'm learning or that I've learned, you know, issues that we've gone through and other people can learn by other people's situations. And I'm very thankful when someone shares a story with me and I can relate to something in the story. It might not be exactly the same, but, you know, the outcome could be something that could encourage me or inspire me or maybe make me even change gears or change thought processes, uh, maybe a belief system that's incorrect. So. Um, this show, The Sue Free Show, is about the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. I've been doing the show uh, eight and a half years. It's syndicated, and um, I never thought in a million years that Sue Freeze was going to be on the radio. I will tell you that this weekend, uh, I've talked to those that have listened to the show before. This weekend, I'm having a work end. And that came up because I was texting, and I mistakenly uh, texted it incorrectly. I wanted to say work weekend, and it came out work end. And I thought, I'm going to just take that because I think it's a great way of saying what we're doing. We're working, and it's the weekend. So... If you'd like to join us, you can do that. Just go to Sue Fries, spelt like fries, oneword.com. That's the website that goes along with the Sue fries show. And I can give you the individual information directions and all of the details. This ministry house has been going on a long time, and I didn't talk about the ministry house too much. So what the ministry house is, it's a God dream. And uh, talking about today, focus on principles to achieve the dream, you know, it's a God dream. It's something that went into my head probably when I was 12 years old. And I knew that it was going to be way bigger. It was way bigger and still is way bigger than me. And so uh, God wants it to be known that it's God. It's God's dream. It's not Sue's dream. Uh, He just kind of placed it in my heart. So I'm very passionate about what we're doing, and it has to do with mothers with children uh, going through difficult situations and needing a fresh start. And so this house is a four-bedroom, four-bath, and uh, it's just a place for that. And um, it's going to be disciples set free. Because it's dream set free, how many people do I know and how many people that you don't even maybe even recognize or know that women that are going through a tough time to where they feel stuck, they feel uh, captive, they're held captive, because they have responsibility to take care of the children, they need to protect their children, therefore, they sacrifice themselves their lives to try to keep the peace. And the problem is, is, it's impossible. It's impossible to keep the peace when you've got somebody that's not peaceful. And so this gives uh, some a uh, new safe place to um, to be. So anyway, this last weekend, for the last two weekends, we've been working, my son Stephen and I, uh, at this house and I'm having a lot of difficulty in my workplace at Ecola and the difficulty is is getting people to do what you want them to do when you want them to do it and for people to just Take the initiative to just do it instead of having a lot of conversations to just get it done, and in my frustration, you know I had to leave the workplace and I had to go into doing this ministry and getting the house ready for the people that are supposed to be there and you know it's it's a a labor of love i 'm um, sitting there and i 'm painting and i 'm handing a nail, a hammer, uh, whatever. And Tyson's up on scaffolding, and he's taking down the lighting that is way up in the air. And, you know, he's got both hands up, and he's trying to do it. And, you know, all of a sudden he needs help because he needs to hand something down or he needs something to be handed to him. So if I wasn't there to be of support and service and help, then he would have to climb all the way down and do what he needs to do, and it would be an unsafe situation because both of his hands wouldn't be available to bring to, to have him to be sturdy and to get down. And then he'd have to climb back up and, and continue on. But yet I was there. And so I'm busy doing what I do. He's busy doing what he's doing. But I would do the rounds on a regular basis with all of us, and I'd say, what do you need? What do you need? How can I help? What can I get you? And, and To where I could be used... To be the gopher, if that's what I need to do, um, I was accomplishing my own goals. But what I—I I was praying about it, and I was thinking, now here we are, all three of us. We don't have a staff meeting in the morning. We don't have a staff meeting saying, okay, here's the problem. How are we going to correct this problem? Um, who's going to do what? And all of that. And let's put it on the task. And uh, you know, let's come back next week and let's get you know see where we are. We didn't have to do that at all. There was no conversation about who's doing what. We come in the door, we bring the tools that we think are needed, we come in the door, and everybody kind of disperses into the area in which they think they want to start the progress today. And we change, you know, like one person will be painting, and then all of a sudden the other person will start painting, and then the other person will go do cleanup, and then the other person's doing. And I was like, I was like, Lord you know, what is the difference here? What is the difference between what we're doing right here at this ministry house? Why are we able to accomplish the goal without a lot of conversations around the water cooler and in the hallway? Why is it that we can get these things accomplished without a lot of conversation, but we just do it? Versus at the business, it seems like there's a lot of conversation and not a lot of doing. So I'm going, why is that? What is, what is it? And so the Lord started to unfold and reveal to me the difference. And it's not news to me, and it's not new to me. Um, I I talk about goal setting. I talk about, you know, achieving things and how do you do that. And but yet, um, we got into I was getting into a rut of let's have the staff meeting every Monday morning. Let's go over what we have to do and what's happening. And not that we don't have to communicate because communication is key. But I'd rather be a doer than a sayer. And I want people to be like that, that work with me. I want them to do, just look for opportunities. And what the Lord revealed to me is that service, being of service, having service, being a servant is all combined, serve. It all starts with serving. And what was I doing? I'm serving. I'm saying, you need a screwdriver. You need a paintbrush. How can I help you? Let me have that. And, and you know, in the workplace, it's like, okay, the trucks need this, this needs to happen, they, You know, we need to disperse this, uh, this person needs to get out in the field. And how are we going to get all this done is that whoever has the talent or is in the right place at the right time would be the person that would take that on. You don't say, it's not my job, Mon. You don't say that. You just say, how can I help? How can I help currently right now? Now, if somebody doesn't know that there is a need, then obviously it's going to be hard to fill it. But if they know there's a need, or you can sense or see because you're scanning and you're going, how can I help? Lord, help me to be used today. Help me to serve. Help me to be a servant. Help me to be a blessing to someone each and every day. That's my prayer, every day. Help me to be a blessing to someone each and every day. And it doesn't have to be one person, but at least one. At least one, right? If you're tuning in right now, this is The Free Show. And The Free Show has been in existence for eight and a half years And people say, gosh, how do you find your topics? How do you find what you're going to talk about? And all I can say is life goes on. You know, life is a journey. And I am learning every minute of every day. And life would be very boring if I didn't learn. But one thing I learned a long time ago is leaders, what is a common denominator to a good leader is that leaders are humble and leaders are teachable. And I am humbled every day. I am humbled and I'm just so grateful for the position the Lord has put me in and, you know, it didn't come easy. There's trials and tribulations and you have to endure and you have to get through and break through whatever is, you know, on your plate right now. I've got a lot of things on my plate right now. I feel like I'm spinning probably 25 plates. Normally it's 20 and there's 25, but they're really heavy plates and my and my little stems that they're spinning on are really tiny. So I have to keep really close. I have to watch them all the time to make sure they don't slow down and fall off their little It's stick. It feels like a toothpick, actually. Anyway, so I wanted to talk today about the focus on principles to achieve the dream, your dream, because we all have one. We might have not visualized it. We've not vocalized it and written it down. This ministry house is a big one for me. It's a big one because there's a need, a big need uh more than we even know and i have the ability to facilitate and to do what i can and nicolas helping it's it's great it's wonderful and there's so many people that are moving and coming forward and uh it's it's just a wonderful thing so that was the epiphany or the eye opener this weekend is why is it everything is moving really smoothly and why is it not moving smoothly with more people involved it seems like the burden should be even lighter if you've got more people you should be able to get it done uh you know even easier and better right but it, that's not what's happening and i think that by this article that um we have here i think that it's going to unfold itself i am um, and and i'm going to have a new eye opener and i'm hoping you do too because this show Uh, helps me in preparation for it. And even when I speak it on the air, because I really, I ask the Lord to be with me. Um, I ask the Holy Spirit to be present. And, you know, um, somehow there's things that are revealed just right in the moment. And we have to, when we ask, we have to be expecting Uh, receiving something because he says ask and you shall receive and so if if the bible is saying that and god is saying that then that means that we can hold it true to our hearts that yes if he says that that's what we need to do and we do it then we can expect that he's going to come through because he does he holds on to his promises and he keeps his promises people sometimes don't but god does and so we can rely on that and depend on that and i think that's really important so thank you, Lord, for being here with us today. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being present. And Lord, just help my words be your words, not my words. Help them be your words and that the thoughts that come through to the people listening, that it causes a reaction. It causes a reaction because when there is an emotional reaction, that's when I know the Holy Spirit is working. So if something pulls and triggers inside of you, just understand the Holy Spirit is present with you. And and don't Deny it, don't ignore it, receive it, let it, let it in, let it in, let it in. Okay, so focus on principles to achieve the dream. Dream, I love that word dream. Teamwork happens when a group of individual people are brought together to achieve a common purpose or goal. We all have to know what the purpose is and the goal is. The needs of the group become more important than the needs of the individual, Aha. So, for teamwork to work efficiently, each person needs to put aside their own individual needs so as to achieve the objective of the group. When the people in the group work with each other, this is known as teamwork. For teams to work effectively, in other words, achieve the set goals, they must make sure they follow some fundamental principles of teamwork. I love fundamental principles because those are things you can rely on, right? So here they are, cooperation with each other, set aside personal differences. Everybody can have their own agenda, okay? Everybody has their own agenda. But when you have a goal and you're working in the same direction, sometimes we have to put our personal agenda aside for the common good of the team. For a team to run smoothly, the members must work. Together in an effective manner. This means putting aside personal differences so that overall aim can be achieved. They need to cooperate and collaborate with each other. If there are conflicts, then these need to be resolved by using principles as set out in the Bible. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? That's James. Chapter four, one in the NIV version, many people, including some believers of God, live only to make a good impression on others, or maybe they live to just please themselves. You know who they are, right? You've met both types. You know, you can see it. This type of selfishness can cause problems when working in a group. Paul, therefore, encourages the believers to have spiritual unity with each other and then work as one for the main purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Philippians chapter 2, 3, and 4. Believers need to work as a team, caring for the problems of others as though they were your own problems. With this Christ-like attitude, the team of God's workers will experience unity. Cooperation with each other, two is better than one. And that's true. See, like I was talking about at the house. There were three of us, right? And so if one person was just working there, they'd have to go up and down, this and that, go get this, go get that, wash out the paintbrush, fill in the gap. You know, but when you have more than one person, the other person can be the feet on the ground and have the other person up in the air, and you can get twice or three times as much done in the same amount of time. So two is better than one. Three is better than two. As we go through life, we learn many things. In the same way, the believer, as he reads through the Bible, learns wisdom. He may take this wisdom and apply it in his own life so as to make his life more meaningful. However, the Bible says that he shouldn't keep all this information to himself or herself. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Do you get the visual there? I so do. I so get the visual there. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. I think about that quite often, the three strands. I think about that with marriage. You have God, you have husband, you have wife. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, 9 through 12. Eight Values of Teamwork, and this is by Pastor Rick Warren. Rick Warren, what a man of God. The success of your ministry, and listen, when I say success of your ministry, a long time ago when I took on the the um, the goal of running Nicola, I purchased it, and then I had to run it. This was in 2000. And uh, I was very sad at that time. Side note, I was working very strongly and a lot in ministry. I was at church. Every Saturday, every Sunday, I was in charge of 10 different usher teams. I was in the worship team, and I was on the um, spiritual uh, gifts program to where I would – every person that wanted to go through the program would go through the program. And at the end of it, there was this questionnaire, and they would sit with me. And we would decide – because of the spiritual gifts, where that person would best fit into ministry, because you want people to work in what their purpose to do, what their gifts are. And so I would help them find that. And so that's come in very handy for me, interviewing people for positions with E.C.O.L.A. It's it's just come in very handy because I've got this background of training, because you want to make sure that people are working in their gifts, because when they do, they feel more accomplished. They feel like they're going to make more progress than somebody that is, really trying to do something that's really does not come easy and it's really not their passion so it's really wonderful that i was able to do that but anyway during that time i had to back step back step down from all of my responsibilities at the church and i'm thinking wow is that really the right thing to do we're supposed to you know work for the lord and and all of this and and something came over me when i was praying about it and feeling very sad when i went to the pastor and told him what i was having what i was doing And something came over me and said, your new ministry is your employees. Your employees are your ministry. And so, you know, wherever you are, there is church to do. Wherever you are, we can witness for God. And so my my employees are my ministry, and I've got good stories. I've got not-so-successful stories. But um, I do my best to care and to be there, and I think that's really important. So um, when I talk about ministry, you know, we are ministering. We are ministers. We are ministering no matter where we are. It doesn't have to be at church, but we are ministering and we're witnessing. I'm hoping we are. Anyway, so a team spirit is never accidental. It is always intentional. Teamwork is built on three factors. Are you ready for them? Compelling purpose. So we have to be clear on what that compelling purpose is and everybody has to buy into that purpose. Crystal clear communication. Everybody needs to be in the know. Code of commonly held values. So important. That's important in marriage, too, isn't it? Compelling purpose in marriage. Crystal clear communication in marriage. Code of commonly held values in marriage. Very important. In any relationship, think about it. Think about it. Any relationship. Pastor Rick Warren expresses the eight values of teamwork in a simple acrostic. And so he he spells out teamwork, and then every letter means something. So I'll go through the letters with you. Teamwork. Remember this. If you want to write it down, go ahead. I'll give you a second. Pen, paper, paper. Okay, or you can go to Sue Freeze, spelt like fries, one word dot com, and you can listen to this podcast again at your leisure when you are prepared with pen and paper or you want to type something or something, you can get it. Okay, so there you go. So trust, isn't it amazing that teamwork, T is the first thing. And I have to tell you, trust, relationships cannot really uh, grow, evolve. Um, They can't be without trust. So do your best to not break a trust with those that you love because it's very difficult to get that back. So trust. Trust among your team is the emotional glue that binds them together. It's essential to producing true confidence in each other. There are three factors that create trust within a team. Consistency. Consistency. People will trust you if, time after time, they see you responding in a consistent and reasonable manner. You also need to be readable in the sense that they need to know where you are coming from in your decisions and responses. I try to do my best to explain my reasoning, to explain my whys when I make decisions. Not always are they the most favorable or positive, but I try to explain the reason why I did what I did or do what I do, and hopefully that brings a calm. And then they understand my thought process behind it, and there is a consistency in my thought process loyalty defend members of your team when they're criticized and then check the facts later in private always assuming the best until there is concrete evidence to the contrary loyalty that's really big right now with me in my business Um, the trust the loyalty and delegation all three of these are just so pertinent to you know what i'm facing right now in the business and they're all fixable that's the plus it's, um, you know, if, if there is a breakdown in any of these, it's not that hard to bring it back. We can get it back. We just have to be very diligent and intentional in our uh, quest right? And verbalizing this to the people that you need to verbalize it to is really a key factor also. So uh, T for trust, E for economy of energy, oh, economy of energy. Wow. Okay. Even a thoroughbred horse can't run at full gait all the time. The quickest way to burn out a team is to never let them relax. The book of Proverbs teaches a relaxed attitude lengthens a man's life. Proverbs 1430. If you want the people on your team to last, they must have some downtime. Here are some ways you can promote an economy of energy within your team. Anticipate and compensate for personal and family energy drains such as illnesses and new babies. Your team has a life outside of their area of ministry. Allow people to work at different energy levels on different days. Some days everyone must work fast and energetic. Other days, it is important to slow the pace a bit. In the long term, slow and steady always outlasts the fast and furious. Plan your year in energy cycles. Always build in rest periods for consolidation between major growth campaigns and initiatives. You know, we have a company meeting in January. And I'm amazed at how much we accomplish in a very short period of time. And it's because everybody knows the goal. Everybody knows. And I just, man, if we could always work like this, it would be incredible what we could accomplish. And then just reading that, it's just not feasible to work at that pace and that energy level and that, you know, just pressure uh, for long periods of time. You've got to have a break. So uh, note to self, how about you? Um, We need to take time to to rest and, and regroup. So allow flexibility in schedules when possible. Make the work fun. Um, we're very flexible at Ecola. We really are flexible, but we also need the jobs to get done. So if somebody wants time off, then we say, are you caught up on what you need to get caught up on? And, you know, is there anything left that we need to know about? And yes, okay, go ahead. Have this time. Right? So everybody is hungry for affirmation. Affirmation. That's a wonderful. That's one of the five love languages, you know. So affirmation is really important. And I find that when I affirm somebody, it's interesting to see just the body language alone is incredible. So we will be back with more of the Sue Freeze show right after this brief break. Bugs have one instinct, survival. And the coolness of your home draws them in, unless E. coli guard your home. Hi, this is Sue Freeze, the termite lady, owner of E. coli termite and pest control services. And yes, this is her son, Tyson. This hot weather is driving bugs and perhaps rodents yuck, into your home. But we can drive them back out. Our family-friendly pest control method. eliminates insects and rodents without causing harm to your family and pets. And right now we're offering a free pestiment to keep the bugs where they belong. Outside and far away from your home. Just call us at 877-332-BUGS. We know how to find pests and end their survival. Call us today for a free pestament. New customers get $50 off any initial treatment. Bugs hate that we make our service so effective. Call 877-332-BUGS. E. Powerful termite and pest control. As, as gentle, gentle as, as a, a butterfly. butterfly.
0: me about the awesome electro gun treatments. It sends electricity through the wood. And you use it as part of your termite control
2: services? They're very effective. So if you are concerned with your health and are sensitive to chemicals, know that we have an array of options for termite control.
0: Don't sacrifice your health or the health of your home. Call E. cola termite pest control services now. 800-332-BUGS. 800-332-BUGS. Or termitelady.com. E. Ecola,
2: Powerful termite and pest control.
1: As gentle as a butterfly. You're listening to The Sue Freeze Show, The Pursuit of Passion, Purpose, and Connection. And here again is Sue Freeze.
2: So, A for affirmation. Thank you so much, Ecola Services, for sponsoring this show. And if you know somebody or if you are a business and you are just thinking about advertising on the radio you can try it out on The Sue Free Show. And when you do, I will help you. You will get me too because I will explain. I've been doing commercials and I've been doing radio for a long, long time, more than I even want to tell you how many years. And I'm just here to tell you that I've been through the School of Hard Knocks and I can help you. So whether you're a business in San Diego or in Ventura or LA or Orange County, I have a show that you can be on, on the area in which you serve because you don't want to overlap or go exceeding past your area of expertise because then you're gonna have people upset because they want what you have and then you can't deliver. So that doesn't that doesn't work. So just, you know, contact me. How do you do that? I'm so glad you asked. You go to Sue Freeze, like fries one word dot com. And when you go there, there is a contact uh screen that comes up, and you just put your information in there and say what you want, uh, what you're asking, you know, whatever, and then I'll get back to you. Okay, so there you go. It's that easy. Push of a button. Everybody, yes, everybody is hungry for affirmation. When they don't get it, they get cranky. It's amazing how a smile and a simple word of encouragement can change a team member's entire day. Four practical ways you can affirm your team would be valuing their ideas appreciating their uniqueness commending their efforts praising their loyalty that is so good there you go there's four so next is m for management management of mistakes you know what things happen mistakes happen you know they do the Bible teaches, even though a righteous man falls seven times, he rises again. Proverbs twenty four sixteen in NIV version. It points out that even righteous people make mistakes and stumble occasionally. Mistakes are not failures. Because you are never a failure until you give up. Mistakes teach us what doesn't work. If you're not making any mistakes, it means you're playing it safe and not trying anything new. I tell my staff, That I want everyone, uh, every one of them making at least one mistake a week, as long as it isn't the same old one. Mistakes are how we learn and get better. That's so true, isn't it? It's so true. So W stands for weekly staff meetings. Okay, I talked about the weekly staff meetings, right? So here's something. I I learned something right here on this part right here asked your team to bring a brief weekly report on a small three by five card. This keeps the report short and to the point. Here are the four things you want to know as a leader. I've made progress in fill in the blank. I'm having difficulty with fill in the blank. I need a decision from you on fill in the blank. I'm thankful for fill in the blank, 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 because hopefully you're thankful for a lot of things because you have a lot to be thankful for. Just saying. Okay, so then there's O, open communication. Open communication is the cornerstone of great teamwork. Proverbs thirteen seventeen says reliable communication permits progress. There are three common barriers to great communication. Presumption. How many problems have been caused by the phrase, but I assumed... Here are some fatal assumptions, assuming that there's only one way to see a problem, assuming that everyone else feels just like you, assuming that someone will never change, they do, assuming that you can know someone else's motives. You can't. You can't. Two, impatience ruins open communication because we are more interested in what we are going to say than listening to what others say. Impatience Causes you to jump to conclusions. I think I'm guilty of that one. Anybody that knows me, I think I'm a little guilty on that one. But you know what? I'm so glad God's not done with me yet. Aren't you? Not that he's not done with me, but aren't you glad he's not done with you? <laughs> Pride. When you think you know it all, you are resistant to feedback. And you become defensive instead of really listening to others and learning. I don't know it all. Do you know it all? I don't know it all. All right. So R is the next one. Recognition and reward. The more credit you give to others, the more you develop team spirit. It's that simple. The Bible says, give honor and respect to all those to whom it is due. Romans 13, 7. Recognition and reward. K, keep on learning. All leaders are learners. The moment you stop learning, you stop being a leader. Another proverb says, The intelligent man is always open to new ideas. In fact, he looks for them. Proverbs 18.15 Do you do that? Do you encourage your team members to keep on growing, developing, and learning? Do you? If you practice these eight teamwork values with your team, you'll experience a new level of teamwork in your church, in your business, that will take your ministry to new heights. I thought that was really good. How about you? Did you think that was good? Okay. Five great teamwork verses from the Bible. There are certainly many other Bible verses that could be discussed as relating to great teamwork. But this list identifies five that are strong and inspiring examples of the topic. Improving organizational teamwork is the goal of most team-building activities, and like most any other subject, the Bible provides wisdom about how to achieve it and why it is important. Great teamwork is described as the visible illustration of people who are united with the same purpose. I really want that. How about you? Do you want that? Did you know that if you're married, that your marriage is a ministry? And you guys need to define what your ministry is and what your purpose is together as a team, as a couple. What's your ministry? What do you stand for? Create a more cohesive culture because culture always trumps strategy. Culture. 1 Peter 4, 8 through 10, above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. This verse focuses on the need for teammates to use their talents to serve others. That's what I was saying at the very beginning. And to adapt their skills to fit the gaps that the organization needs filled, being kind and serving gladly instead of complaining are tremendously important skills for termites, (laughs) teammates, how funny. Uh, You know what, I'm going to just put that in bold words and put it on the business door because I think that that is so key right there. Hebrews ten twenty four through 25 and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Everyone in your organization needs encouragement and wants to feel a part of something greater than themselves. And meeting together in the break room or outside the workplace is important because by investing time together outside of work, you build the relationships and trust that create a more positive, caring, and cohesive culture. 1 Corinthians 12, 17, 20. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part... Where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. This was something that when I read, I really understood it because not everybody is a foot. Not everybody is a hand. Not everybody is a nose. Not everybody has the same purpose. But we need our foot. We need our arm. We need our nose to fully live. So we need everybody. We need all the body parts in order for us to be complete. We're all one body. And so, you know, in ministry or in the workplace or in the family unit, we have to work cohesively together for the common good and for the ministry that we, the purpose that we were created for individually and as a team. The best teams do not have people with similar skills. They combine the diverse talents and backgrounds from a pool of diverse individuals and appreciate the gifts that each one brings to contribute. Great teams have people that know their role and appreciate others as well. See, that's another thing that I realized is that um, one of the three that do this God Dream house, Stephen, he's very detail-oriented. You know, he's he's into the finite details of things. Me, I'm the – I don't know. I'm, I'm the get-or-done person, you know, just like here, you can have this, and oh, that needs to get done. I, I make the list, check it twice. Um, I go shopping and get all the materials. So I'm the person that's like keeping the ball rolling. I'm the one that keeps that going, and I was the one that came up with the vision. So the vision with God, um, it, that's there, and now I'm I'm the one that's just trying to keep the thing going. And then Tyson is – he just um, – he's like the MacGyver And he just figures out how to do things and get things done. And he's just this – he just plods along. And I tell you what, he gets things done. It's amazing how much he gets done in a day. So I am so thankful for the three of them. Uh, If you're tuning in right now, I just thank you so much for doing so. This is The Sue Freeze Show. Uh, Sue Freeze, spelled like fries, one word dot com. Go on there. Connect with me. Tell me what's going on. If you need prayer, if you need a resource, just let me know and I'll get back to you, okay? Proverbs 27:17: as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. The power of leadership is best summarized in one word, influence. As teammates, our expectations and attitudes and behaviors absolutely impact those around us. We all are sharpened and improved by the interactions and examples of our peers. Ecclesiastes 4, 9, and 10. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Second time that verse has come up, but it's so true, isn't it? Think about it. Nobody should be on the ground with no one to help them up. You know, next time you go to a party and you're feeling really uncomfortable, look around and see who else is feeling really uncomfortable. Do you know you're not alone? There's somebody else that's kind of alone and doesn't know anybody at the party. And, you know, you seek that person out and then you become, you know, the two uh, it's just, it's nice to say, okay, God, where do you want me? Who do you want me to talk to? Who looks like they're uncomfortable because I'm really uncomfortable right now? And so that we can be uncomfortable together or we can be less uncomfortable because we'll be talking to each other. And who knows? Maybe we have something really cool to talk about, but you don't know until you step out of your comfort zone and just do it, right? So somebody needed to hear that. I don't know who it was, but maybe it's you. <laughs> I don't know. Nobody climbs Mount Everest alone to accomplish great things. We all need teammates and a supporting cast to pick us up. And we need to look for opportunities to pick others up as well when they stumble. Teamwork is the visible manifestation of compassion, shared vision, and other unseen traits that team-building activities seek to develop. Isn't that awesome? I love that. And you know what? I learned something. It's like aha moments, you know, come in. So I'm going to share this book with you because this book, Uh, Jesus Calling by Sarah Young, I share it because it's so amazing. I don't know when this book was written, but – Every time I flip it to the date in which I'm on um, and I don't do it before, like I just flipped this open before I walked into the studio here and I read it and went, wow, I'm going to read two different days because there's two days that are involved with today. And so uh, I'm going to do that. So here you go. Are you ready? You are on the path of my choosing. This is God talking to you. There is no randomness about your life. Here and now comprise the coordinates of your daily life. Most people let their moments slip through their fingers half lived They avoid the present by worrying about the future or longing for a better time and place. They forget that they are creatures who are subject to the limitations of time and space. They forget their Creator, who walks with them only in the present. Every moment is alive with my glorious presence to those whose hearts are intimately connected with mine. As you give yourself more and more to a life of constant communion with me, you will find that you simply have no time for worry. Thus, you are freed to let my spirit direct your steps, enabling you to walk along the path of peace. Who of you, here's scripture, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Luke twelve twenty five to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. Do you want to shine on those living in darkness? I ask the Lord to help me be a light in the darkness. And that's kind of what this is saying. You know, yesterday um, I went to the bank because I go to the bank the same day at closing time. They're really nice to let me in if I'm past their closing time. Anyway, I walk in and I didn't recognize one face. And I'm here every week. And I didn't recognize one face in the entire bank. And I'm like, what is going on here? It was just really kind of weird. It's like I stepped into – you know, you go into a grocery store you're not normally used to going into and nothing's where you want it to be. You know, the, it was kind of like that. The bank was just not my personalities that I'm used to talking to. And they all know me and they're, we're, we're just, hi, you know, how's it going? And the security guard at the the door said, you know why nobody's here? You know, I said, well, where's Martha? Where's where's uh, Elaine? And they said, well, um, Dimson died. And I said, what? And Dimson uh, Dimson is one of those kind-hearted men that you walk in the door and he smiles and he greets you uh, every single time you come in. Uh, just so kind. Here, let me do that for you. How can I help you? One of those servants that's just so amazing. A young guy. I don't know. I think he's in his 30s. Everybody seems younger than they are with me because I don't feel like I'm the age I am, so everybody seems young to me. But I think he's 30. At the most, he might be early 40, but I think he's in his late 30s. And I just, um, she told me that, and she told me that Elaine and Martha and, and all the people that knew Dimson were at Dimson's parents' house, and I felt this just immediate. I was like feeling kind of beat down because of my day and things that weren't happening, but I felt like I accomplished a few things, and here I am just doing my day-to-day things. This is the normal routine. I'm going in there. I'm doing this, blah, 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 blah and all of a sudden, bam, just this bam and this sick feeling came over my stomach, and I'm in shock and disbelief and how can that be this young vibrant man who's so kind and then i'm thinking what was the last thing i said to him was i how was i with him and how would i have known that it was the last time i was going to see him and he just you know he really affected my life while he was living and now he's gone i'm never going to see him in that bank again and i tell you i i was so devastated i could hardly walk to my car Then I get in my car and I could not turn on the ignition. I just was overwhelmed with just this sadness and this, I I can't even explain it. But the reality, people, the reality is, is there's no guarantee we have the next breath. There's no guarantee we have tomorrow. I mean, I just like, it was like, bam. So listen, when I tell you this, real eye-opener for me, that even with all of what we're going through, even with everything that we're facing, and believe me, tough times for me, and maybe for you, maybe you're on the highest of high, and, you know, God bless you, and I'm so thankful for that, and thankful for God to be there and to do that with you. Uh, but, you know, I'm I'm not on the highest of highs, but I am still here. I'm not gone. You know, I'm still here. And for that, I'm thankful. I have my life. It kind of puts things in perspective. If you really, really just think about it. There's a perspective there. Whew. It's just overwhelming. So Elaine, Martha, Elaine, I know you listen, you know, to my show and I'm just so sorry. I'm sorry for your loss. I'm grieving right along with you. And uh it's just whew wow, I, I really want to go to the service and pay my respects. Um, it's just really sad. And come to find out he had a heart attack. Heart attack? Dempson. heart attack? He was like the picture of health. You know, I mean, looking at him, you'd think, you know, pff, there's no way. I would never have even thought that. So pretty, pretty amazing. And I, I just tell you that because I just think that it's just um, a real eye-opener you know, kind of puts things in real perspective. So here's the other, uh, the day that I wanted to read because it goes right along with and come to me for all that you need. Come into my presence with thanksgiving for thankfulness opens the door to my treasures. When you are thankful, you affirm the central truth that I am good. I am light in whom there is no darkness at all. The assurance that I am entirely good meets your basic need for security. Your life is not subject to the whims of a sin-stained deity. Relax in the knowledge that the one who controls your life is totally trustworthy. Come to me with confident expectation. There is nothing you need that I cannot provide. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. That's Psalm 95 two. There, this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. First John 1 John 1.5 You know, I have a friend, a dear friend whom I love, who has on Facebook put that she fights depression. And I have to tell you that so many people responded to her and loved on her. And, you know, what do you say to somebody that's going through a tough time Oh, yeah, you know, I've been through a tough time, too, yeah, okay, so what you know, um depression is a real thing, it's not because somebody is weak or because they just can't you know handle life. It's not that at all it's it's a real thing, it's real, and it's a battle and and so i'm I'm sitting here, I'm going, okay, how can I minister to my girlfriend? How can I love on her? How can I let her know that she's a child of God? she's questioning faith she's questioning she wants it she's desiring it but how 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 do you go about doing that and how do you just believe you know how do you have faith? how do you get faith and these are questions that I don't think one person is asking. I think a lot of people are asking. I don't really have a lot of time right now to go into this. this will be a future podcast on faith and belief i think i've done a couple podcasts in the past but i think i'm going to make it a priority i think i've actually had one or two shows on depression because i have family members that fight depression because you know what they thought would happen in their lives didn't happen the dreams that they had didn't happen so what do you do with that i will tell you this right now ask the lord to reveal to you a new dream you know, if that dream didn't happen, it doesn't mean your life is over. You're still breathing. Dimson can't dream now. He's in heaven. I'm believing he's in heaven. I'm going to see him again. But, you know, we are still here. And are we fulfilling God's purpose in our life? My girlfriend said, you know, I want to come and do ministry. I want, I want to come this weekend, and I want to help. And I said, I think that's great. You can come every weekend. And she goes, I just want to do for others. I just want to, I want to get out of my way. I want to get out of myself, and I want to focus on giving to others. And that's a very good thing to do. That's a good start. It's a, it's a start. We have to get our mind off of what we're dwelling in if that's not a, a good place for us, right? We have to make a decision to start focusing on something other than what we can't do, what didn't happen. We have to focus on what we can do. We have to focus on what we can do. So what can you do? What is something within your power that you can do? Put it on paper. Lay it out there. And then, you know, question yourself because you want to make sure it's really what you want to do because, you know, things take a lot out of you. So you want to make sure that you're you're doing what God's purposed you to do. I'm very thankful for you. I'm thankful for you on this show. I'm thankful that we get to come together once a week for an hour. And I'm thankful that, uh, you know, for everything that's happened in Sue Freeze's life because every single one of those things prepared me for being here right now with you. And so I'm grateful for the assignment. And I'm hoping that I, uh, you know, I make God please. I hope God's pleased with me. And be a blessing to someone each and every day. And we are out of time. So God bless you. And until next week. Bye-bye.
1: Ah, it's a time of the year when bugs multiply like crazy and start looking for a home. Your home. Ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, and a lot of other creepy crawly critters, even rats and other varmints. It's time to call Ecola Termite and Pest Control Services. They offer complete ecological pest control of rodents and insects.